right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. I am, of course, your host, John, the creative blue-collar guy. And um, I'm going to go for attempt number three here with my Coheed unboxing. Uh, the live stream had a few hiccups in it. Uh, I'll probably pull that video down uh, and take a little more time to kind of go through uh, this box set of their latest album and all the, the cool extra stuff that they put in there. You'll see this time I remembered to turn my microphone on. If any of you were there during the very last minute rushed live stream. Um, I was trying to use Streamlabs for a live stream for the first time instead of StreamYard. And um, I'll just say I forgot to add my audio source, so that was fun. Hmm. So anyways, the first attempt, uh, I got the vinyl, which it was a separate order, you know, whatever. For whatever reason, the vinyl came first. And um, then the deluxe box set with the book and all the other added cool stuff didn't come until the following Wednesday. I think it was Wednesday. Tried to throw together a live stream. That didn't go so great. And um, here we are. So over a week out of the album being out, which is kind of a good thing because now I can kind of go over a little more of what I like about the music, the songs. Um, I really held off for a while listening to uh, a lot of the songs as they were releasing them one by one. They first put out la late last year sometime uh, their song Shul Shoulders, which I absolutely love. I think it's just a super hard-hitting song right out of the gate that just doesn't let up. And um, I listened to that one a lot. Then they started putting out other songs one by one. Once I figured out, okay, this is for an album, um, I kind of held off. I wanted to hear what the song sounded like in the context of the album. So... Um, yeah, without any further ado, first I want to maybe pull up, I've done this in the other videos, but uh, like I said, one of them I'm probably going to take down. So I want to pull up, I just took a couple pictures briefly of kind of the collection that I have. I mean, I own all of their albums as it is on CD, which is kind of a dead format now. But then I also, as uh, I've gotten more and more into the band, as I've gotten more into collecting vinyl let's click on over here um, so that is the vinyl collection I have so far of Coheed I've got the In Keeping Secrets of Silent Earth 3 Good Apollo on Burning Star 4 Volume 1 No World for Tomorrow The Color Before the Sun so far their first and only non-conceptual album that does not fit into the comic book universe that Claudio Sanchez has written and then up until now, the most recent album, uh, Vaxus Volume 1, The Unheavenly Creatures. And then let's click back on over here. Nope, hide that. There we go. All right. And then the next picture is the box sets that I have collected over the years. So again, a lot of these feature probably the CD version of the album, um, but then they come with all sorts of other extra features. So the one on the far left, uh, I did a separate video of, that's a, a CD and DVD box set of when they played uh, four nights in a row, each night was one album. Because at the time they had only released up to four albums that completed the main story arc of the characters, um, Coheed and Cambria. <clears throat> So each night it was, okay, the first night they only played the first album from front to back. Second night they only played the second album from front to back as it was recorded. But each night as they would go along, they would go back and revisit songs from previous albums, do some fun encores. At one point they covered uh, Iron Maiden's The Trooper, 
Uh, there's all sorts of cool extras. The next one next to that is their fifth album, The Year of the Black Rainbow. So at this point, Claudio Sanchez had been writing comic books uh, and stories and sci-fi stories into the music. Year of the Black Rainbow came with a novel, a full novel. I should have pulled that out and taken a picture of it. It's a 300-page hardcover novel. Uh, next to that is the Afterman Ascension and Descension box set. Uh, then you have The Color Before the Sun. And again, of course, Vax's Volume 1, Unheavenly Creatures uh, Deluxe box set there. Um, so then also, while I have the, the browser up here, let's click on over. This is just a real brief write-up that I found really interesting about the album. Think Coheed and Cambria wrote pop tunes for their new album with one of Deftones guitarist Stephen Carpenter's signature eight-string guitars. So if you don't know, if you're not familiar, uh, Deftones have become famous now for using eight-string guitars, which is really interesting because when you listen to their music, I don't feel like it has that super down-tuned low sound like Korn and some of these other guys, but I mean, uh, Carpenter's been using that guitar with the Deftones for many albums now, and it's just the way he does it is really well done. And apparently here, Travis Stever did it on two songs on this new Coheed album, even though, like it says, they're writing pop tunes. Coheed has always, always had very pop-inspired... Like, on one hand, you can hear that they probably listened to a lot of Iron Maiden growing up, but on another hand, they're really influenced by pop music, and the, the two together has always been a really interesting marriage of styles. Um, it says... Travis Stever employed one of Deftones guitarist Stephen Carpenter's signature ESP eight-string guitars on a pair of tracks. Um, those expecting to hear some detuned, crunchy riffs similar to that of Carpenter may be in for a surprise, though. According to Coheed and Cambria vocalist, guitarist, etc., Claudio Sanchez, the album's co-producer Zach Cervini was taken aback by the implementation of the eight-string instrument, with Sanchez stating... He found those songs so interesting because they were pop tunes utilizing this heavy metal instrument. According to the aforementioned Guitar World piece, Stever employed the acts on the tracks Love Murder One and Bad Man. You can hear both of those songs for yourself later this month. Okay, blah, 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 blah. So, yeah, it's really interesting to see that uh, he would use a guitar like that on, like they said, these very pop-inspired tunes. Um, and Bad Man is definitely one of those. It's it's one of those songs that... Uh, there's a handful of tracks on this album where uh, they're using that kind of overuse of auto-tune on the vocals where they're not trying to actually correct the pitch like Claudio hit a bad note. They're actually... Um, I hate to use it, but the example everyone knows is the Share song, you know, Believe or whatever it's called. But then also um, T-Pain really made it famous where he used auto-tune like a... Uh, like you would use an effect on a guitar. Like when I play guitar, I use uh, an overdrive pedal, maybe a reverb pedal, uh, different things like that. This is just an effect being used uh, on the voice. So real quick before we get into the box set, I know I'm rambling and I'm talking a lot, but I want to take a little more time now since this is pre-recorded and I can edit it if I need to. Uh, they kind of get into the album a little bit more. So there's kind of the artwork there. Um, so Embers of Fire, right away, I mean, the album, it kicks off with, it's sort of a reprise of, um, oh, I'm totally drawing a blank on that song from, so basically the way the first album ends, this is sort of the hook from that album. Uh, in their first four albums, in that main story arc of Coheed and Cambria, there was 
a theme music basically there literally was theme music that would carry throughout the album it would always kind of start with it whether it was just a piano whether later they got more money to have more strings and symphony sounds but it would weave itself through the album where every so often it would kind of trail onto the end of a song they would maybe end the album with it and it, it carried throughout those first four albums as sort of its own theme music sort of like when you hear the star wars theme you know like oh that's that's a star wars movie um this i feel like is going to be the theme for this series of of albums however long this Vaxus story is going to go on i think i might have read at some point they said seven so they got a ways to go with this but it starts off with this big epic symphonic thing and then it goes into beautiful losers comatose shoulders again still one of my favorite albums favorite songs on the album um and then it gets into some of these other ones where, like I said, he's using the, the intentional auto-tune um, that just kind of brings an interesting aspect to his vocals. Um, Blood, Liar's Club are great ones. Bad Man is a really good one. I think that's one of the ones that uses the auto-tune. Uh, and then down here, Rise. When I first, this is one of the songs that I listened to once or twice uh, right when they first released it. And it, it didn't really get me as much at first because I, I was thinking of this song shoulders and how it was really heavy and hard hitting the guitar riffs and everything and then rise is kind of a little a little more mellow uh now in the context of the album because it's towards the end i really love it the chorus the hook keeps getting stuck in my head and then of course they end with an epic eight minute long song that just it's it, it plays out like a movie it has a beginning middle and end and i i absolutely love every minute of it i've been a fan of these guys uh, for a very very long time and it just it amazes me that every time they put out an album every time they do something it just it's it's new it's different but it's also familiar I don't know how they do it I don't know how um, but yeah they continue to reinvent themselves while still maintaining that coheed sound so without further ado as I've just rambled for 10 minutes Let's go ahead and get into the more in-depth unboxing here. All right, so I don't know if you can see it too good on the camera there, if it's kind of washed out. So instead of going with the black box this time, it's more of a kind of light bluish teal, but it still has the, the same seal, same logo there for the Vaxxas. Right, so with every box set that I've bought over the years, they all come with some form of a certificate of authenticity, artwork, uh, I think it's numbered. No, this one's not numbered, that's kind of interesting. Um, but signatures from all the band members. Uh, for as long as I've been following these guys and as many box sets as I have with their signatures on them, I've never actually met any of the, the band members. I've never done the the meet and greets at the shows. Well, I think it would be cool to meet the guys and get a photo op. I've, I'm more of like, I'm not really that starstruck if I'm gonna meet a, a celebrity or a musician I like, I'd wanna actually really hang out with them and have a conversation, maybe have a beer. Um, it is kind of funny too that since CDs would be some, become sort of a dead medium for all this stuff that's gonna be in this box set, you just get a, a little paper sleeve for your CD. So there's the, the actual CD even though when you pre-order this stuff, you get digital downloads. I can listen to this stuff on Spotify. Um, but then here's the book. So let's pull this guy out here. All right, so here we have cover. You guys can see that. 
title. Credits created by Claudio Sanchez, uh, written by his wife. I always really, really hope that I actually pronounce her name correctly because I'm not sure, but I believe it's Chandra Eckhart. Uh, she's kind of become, she's come alongside as the uh, writer of a lot of the stories where Claudio has created the concept and created the stories, but uh, her also being a writer herself has really come in and, and really uh, kicked up the quality of the writing since they've been releasing the comic books and other books and things of that nature. Uh, the two, they're a, they're a great duo in that. Uh, so yeah, just sort of intro stuff. I'm going to flip through pretty quickly on the pages that have a lot of text because I really just want to kind of showcase the, the artwork, which I believe is, I mean, movie quality stuff here. It, it really looks like they could make a movie or I don't know if maybe they could sign on with like a Netflix series or, or something, but they have really, really stepped up the quality of their artwork with the last Vaxxas album and this one. Um, as I've said before, you know, they've done comic books and it's comic book artwork, which is good in its own way, but this stuff, I mean, it looks like concept artwork for a movie. So this whole full-color page book is going to be just like the Vaxxas Volume 1, where the text is going to be the actual story uh, that you can read through, but then every so many pages it's going to have some really cool artwork. Definitely got a very Star Wars vibe on that one. So this guy, this is the artwork that was featured when they released the song Shoulders as a single. I'm guessing because it looks like there's another head on his shoulder. And oddly enough, the this guy here almost kind of looks like it could be Mark Hamill with the right amount of, you know, makeup and hair or whatever. So that would be kind of cool if they turned this into either a movie or a series if they could get Mark Hamill in there. This almost has like some alien vibes, or they're like in a pod or something. going on here but man I'm looking forward to reading through this whole story so that these images make a little more sense but again man just the quality that they brought for these uh, recent books they're still supposed to be working on the comic books for their fourth album No World for Tomorrow that's the only one that they haven't done the comic book series for and I know it kind of got delayed due to uh, events of the last two and a half years but um, I'll be curious to see what they do with that if they're gonna stick with sort of the comic book vibe of it or if they're gonna really bring it with the artwork on that too because that'll end that main story arc because this I think we're on 
what's this, their, I think it's a 10th album or something along those lines. I should know because I own all of them, but um, all of the actual proper comics have been released for the first three albums. They've done books and other things like this for some of their other albums. So No World for Tomorrow is really the only one still kind of hanging out there without its uh, visual companion. Man, they are, they are not sparing anything on their budget for this stuff anymore. And this one, this character, I think, could totally be played by Idris Elba. That would be cool. I also like to see too when, uh, when new albums come out and they have different logos, different seals, different artwork, the, the types of artwork that people decide to turn into tattoos. Some of them are really, really well done. I'd be interested to see what of this artwork gets turned into tattoos in the coming months and years. two characters from the first album, the first Vaxus album. I should remember their names right now, but I don't. Uh, this mask here came with the Volume 1 box set. Uh, this one was later available for sale as like a separate thing. I kind of thought it would have been in the next album, but I guess they kind of moved on with something different that we'll get to after I get through the book here. What I do know about the story, just gathering from what I read in the book with the first volume of Vaxus and then listening to the music, is that those two main characters we saw in the masks, Vaxus is their son, so that explains what the little boy is and that the story is largely, I guess, going to focus on him and figuring out who and what he's going to be. And then, of course, down here we've got a to-be-continued at the end of the story. 
I'm wondering if that's supposed to be Vaxus already kind of grown up and like now we're getting ready for volume three, which I'm sure will probably be out in another couple of years. Epilogue. Lyrics, song titles. So this is also on all the sleeves of the vinyl, exactly like this orange and black text. Concept artwork at the end here. get to the pages where nothing is alphabetized but if you pre-order the album within a certain date of them releasing the pre-orders you will get your name somewhere in this text um, on previous albums where I've done this well on every single one that I own my name is in there somewhere but they don't alphabetize them and it's like five-point font so I just uh, I know it's in there, I don't see the need to dig through and say, okay, there it is, but it's a lot of people that pre-ordered them, so it's a lot of love for these guys for being one of those bands that, when you talk about them, people say one of two things. They say who, or they say they're still around, so for them to still be kicking, and this many people, these are just the people that pre-ordered within that window. After that window ended, you could still, oh, here, you can't put the CD in the book. Ah, there we go. Uh, after the initial cycle of being able to get your name in the book ended you could still pre-order the album that was just an incentive to really get people to order it uh, promptly this one i'm guessing looks like it's probably a poster that folds out so let's take a look all right so this is just like on the vinyl if you unfold the whole vinyl set a extended portion of the cover artwork is essentially what you see if you look at the album on Spotify or anywhere else this is kind of what you get for the cover artwork and then this kind of goes on to either the front or back of other booklets that you can't get the whole thing in the shot so there's that see and then this one could be played by Elizabeth Olsen see I'm already doing casting here for him I want to see this get made into a, a live-action uh, I think that'd be really cool. But there's the poster. And the final thing. A Coheed and Cambria containment unit, which I guess I saw there's a couple pictures there in the artwork that kind of looked like that. So, let's take a look at uh, what this guy does. Initially, when I first got this, when I opened it up, I thought, oh, that's pretty cool. It's a light. Uh, looking at the pictures when I pre-ordered it, I kind of expected it to be like a Bluetooth speaker or something. But what I didn't know until I actually read that little instruction booklet I just quickly showed you is that it's like those old orb plasma light things that uh, responds to touch. So, kind of a cool little feature to throw in there.
Alright, so let's go ahead and put everything back. All right, so there you have it. My much more lengthy, much more in-depth uh, unboxing slash review of Axis Volume 2, Window of the Waking Mind Deluxe Box Set by your friendly neighborhood, Coheed and Cambria. So, any of you out there still watching this far through, thank you guys so much for being here. If you are new here, please consider hitting that subscribe button. Uh, if you are a returning viewer, again, thank you so much for your continued support in this and uh make sure to like this video let me know what you think of this in the com comments below are you a fan of coheed and cambria were you not aware they're still around have you never heard of them before uh if you are a fan what do you think of this album have you been listening to it do you like it uh did you get one of these box sets what do you think of your box set let me know any and all of those things in the comments below and Again, thank you so much for being here, and I am John, the creative Blue Collar Guy, signing off. I will see you next time.